Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Scott. And I'm Diaz. And we're keeping you in the loop of the guitar community. This week, uh, we don't quite have a sponsor, but we are actually releasing some merch on a on uh, my Threadless store. Um, the link will be down in the description, or you can go to threadless.com and type in the Effects Loop podcast, I believe, and hopefully that'll find it. But again, there'll be a link down in the uh, show notes. We are self-sponsored. We, we are self-sponsored, so anything that goes... Any, any anything after the what uh, markup, whatever you call it, in the retail world, uh, goes to us so we can better the podcast. We're cutting so. out the middleman. Cutting out the middleman. Yeah, <laughs> that will be relevant later on. <laughs> Actually, this is one hundred percent the middleman because all we're doing is making a profit. <laughs> no, 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 I don't think you understand how this works. We're cutting out the middleman. Uh. <laughs> however, you, however you want to picture it. What was it? Is it Cole or Aaron? Either of you ever hear that? You're welcome. That was yeah. that was for you. There's your sponsor <laughs> spot for the year. <laughs> yeah, and, and we can verify that this stuff is real. I just got the mug and one of our t-shirts in on Friday, and hopefully so, that'll be have been uh, teased on our Instagram, so you can take a look at it and see what we got. Yeah, yeah I'm gonna have to remember to do that. <laughs> I, I need to actually. When you listen to this Wednesday, you'll remember. <laughs> you'll be like, oh, dang it. <laughs> All right. Also, we have an announcement. Um, the week of May 13th, uh, that's a start of a Sunday. Uh, we're not sure on the exact date or time, but uh, we're doing a charity live stream for St. Jude. Um, I'm participating in what's called Play Live. It's a charity that um a bunch of gamers and other live streamers from the twitch community uh raise money for saint jude so part of what i wanted to do was bring our show live for a little bit and raise money um and if you're wanting to kind of know what the short spill of where the money is going um anything raised for saint jude uh, make sure that the patients and families do not have to pay for anything during their stay at the hospital. So housing, food, transportation, and any and everything needed at the hospital is all paid for. So the families don't have to worry about a thing except being there for each other. So it's a very cool thing uh, that's going on. And I hope you'll all like mark down that week as we finalize the date. So after that, uh, we'll start with what's new. I won't go first. Uh, Marissa, do you want to start off? Sure. This week we have you too, which is fun. Oh yeah, you guys are going. Where was it? Uh, Tulsa or something? Tulsa. Yeah. yeah. Are they still doing their "We Play a Whole Album" show? No, that was last year. Okay. That was the tour between the tour that was supposed to happen last year. <laughs> but, uh, 
I guess I'll go next. Uh, I finally got screws for the base, so we got the pick guard and control plate thing put on. Uh, that's as far as I got with it. So it's almost pretty much ready to take to get set up. So that'll probably be the last update on that. <laughs> well, and then you get to demo it for everybody. Yeah, and then we get to uh, demo it and tell you all about the process that we did. So that'll be fun. That'll be a cool thing when it's done, man. That it, yeah. that finish looks fantastic. Yeah, it looks great. We'll All be right. bringing it to Nam with us. Too, oh, so. yeah. Mm -hmm. We need to find a friend who plays drums. Otherwise, Nam House is going to be really awkward. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We got to find someone. There's always someone who, like... We can Just get have somebody like a, bang on a table and here's a cajon. <laughs> have fun. No. All right. So Who's Scott, next? what about you? Well, uh, my Cali seventy six finally came in. Um, nice. Uh, I've been sharing it with uh, with the, our little group chat, but how crazy of a path that thing's taken, considering I live twelve blocks from where I bought oh it goodness. from. <laughs> it traveled like all over the state of Illinois, got lost in a post office for four days. Yeah, it was, it was a fun. You confuse them. They're like, why didn't he just walk here? <laughs> like this makes no sense. There's no way he actually wanted this. Just hold on to it and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> but uh A Chicago Music Exchange, great customer service helping me deal with that and kind of get the post office to respond high five to you guys uh so with the new pedal i wound up like overdoing how much i was trying to fix it into my board and so i had a full reshuffle i, I think i snuck a peek of that on the group uh last week a little bit um wound up doing some behind the scenes stuff in there too zip tying some stuff down getting the cables managed better stuff like that so that was a lot of fun and uh I also today I just picked it up. Uh I got a mono tick to go with my case. Um fun story. I owned this mono tick previously, sold it to somebody in my church and just bought it back. Uh so it's hopefully I'll actually use it this time instead of selling it again. <laughs> <laughs> but that's new with what's new with me. Okay, so it's my turn. Okay. Sure. I guess I guess, I guess, <laughs> I guess you sound so go. defeated, Chris. You're like, don't <laughs> let him talk. Um, my what's new? Oh, I got the uh, time factor in. Um, oh, I nice. got. Wait, what? Continue. I'm just saying it was nice. Continue. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, so I did a trade with a guy. Got a uh, time factor for my source audio nemesis, and it was supposed to come with the aux switch. The guy forgot to put it in, but he sent in it out. So I love whenever there's like an issue and it gets resolved quite easily. So. It's always interesting whenever you see people post about crazy stuff happening. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like there's something else I got. Uh, I got a new video card for my computer. What'd uh, you get? I don't know. Some $40 one that doesn't good enough because I don't play video oh. games. Because the HD, not the HDMI port, but the, what's the blue one, Scott or Chris? <laughs> the VGA? blue one? Oh gosh, he's he's that far behind. Yeah, it's actually, VG that would be VGA. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Listen, hold on. 
I've technolo- listen technologically I'm not that savvy okay I used to be not anymore I gave up like I'm the, I'm turning into that old guy where my kids make fun of me um, they're like they're like gosh dad no this is the thing I'm just like well I don't even care anymore I'm just gonna sit in my chair and be mad um, <laughs> listen if you guys ever like run into my kids don't abduct them but like <laughs> ask them he just sits in his chair and gets mad. Like, that's what I do. So, but, uh, yeah, I got like a $40 one off Amazon Prime that was here in a couple of days, threw it in. And because I was using it, it was horrible because the only port that worked on my old one, I guess something probably got bent, was the HDMI. And my monitor doesn't have an HDMI input. So I was using my TV. So I'm using mm. a like 55 inch TV to record a podcast. Oh, and it was just 1080p. Not at all. Yeah, that looks bad. <laughs> Like it was just kind of silly. So that's, that's what's new with me. But I'm like, I had a time factor before and then I, I go through, I love delay. It's my favorite effect. Or my favorite, like modulation is delay. Would that be modulation, right? Semion delay. Yeah. It's, it's Sam and amniotic stuff, whatever. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, the, I've gone through so many delays. The time factor was always a good one. I just never got around to getting another one. So I'm back to pretty much where I started. That was kind of one of my first, like, smart delays. I like how, like, I I feel like delays fall out of favor real quick. Like, there's the new hot thing on the market. But then, like, the old stuff sticks around forever. Okay, so we talked about Eventide before, didn't we? About how they were, like, pretty solid. Or was that me talking with other people? You brought it up, yeah. Yeah. So like Eventide's one of those that the uh Eventide space, their their reverb is still um a staple on many people's boards. And the thing about the Eventide pedals, the the factor pedals, the factor line, those things are rugged as get up. Like if you I don't know if you've ever held one, but the, the they're just strong. Insanely like they're they're a great pedal and they they sound mm-hmm. great. The only thing that I don't like about it is the way that the screen is set up. Um, it's with the dots, it's just hard to see at times or hard to like read what it's trying to say. But I mean, it's, it's an amazing pedal, but yeah, there's a lot of them that like fall in and out like the nemesis, the one I just got rid of when it came out, that was the hot thing. Everyone's like, Oh, it's amazing. And it's a great delay pedal. I just had to have something where I could actually see what I'm doing, like on the screen. Cause the nemesis is one of those, you can go in and set up the parameters and yeah. it just does not always work out the way you intend hmm. i mean so. i i still have a dl4 so which i mean how i've got the times i am i've got one that keeps staying on my craigslist local for like 150 bucks i want to see if i can get them down to 110 and i'd be happy yeah i i'd aim at like 100 110 for something like that like um, one i i'd say that that pedal is a solid 130 dollar pedal every day like yeah the problem th- is, is that you get people who think they're worth more than they are. Like you see, I had someone, there was a guy selling DL4, practically new in box, $200. I was like, hell no. I think you can buy them new if you, if you watch sales and stuff like that. They go on sale now. So I'm you pretty sure you could walk into a guitar center today and say, hey, do you have a DL4 new? And they'll, they'll like pull it out and like hit the dust off of it. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, 
how much will you give us for it? You're like, wait, what? They're like, no, no, no. How much money will you give us for it, please? Like the, the reverse negotiation. Like they, uh, <coughs> they're, uh, there's so many that just, I think that market has been flooded with them for so long. I just can't imagine someone buying a new one. I would just wait, you know, till the liquidation sale happens. <laughs> Do they still but, make those? I wonder. Yeah. Like they're still producing new ones. I, I think they still make DL fours. All right, Scott, I need you to call someone over at line six. Oh yeah. Cause I know people at, well, you should, you're the I industry professional guys email that we can just, just like, <laughs> Hey, question. Are you still marketing the DL four as a pedal? You still build new. I mean, it's still on their website. The whole four series is still on their website. Well, yeah, it's probably the million of them that there. Once people start selling online and Craigslist and Reverb and everything became real popular, they're like, "Well, these aren't ever going anywhere." Yeah, you can. They. That's, I mean, you can still, still buy them new on too. Sweetwater. That's insane. Why would anyone ever buy one of those new? Because when did this thing come out? Nineteen seventy-four. <laughs> No, I'm just. That uh, sounds I, I want to say 99 is when it came out. Why? Okay, so if a delay pedal has not gone, or any pedal in general has either not been like reissued or like discontinued and brought back, that should say something about you know how decent it is. The DL4 is. There's a reason it was the industry standard for so long. It still mm-hmm. is an industry standard. I don't think it will ever not be an industry standard. That's like, like how the DD three um, never went away. Yeah, DD three. Uh, but like the um the DL four, I think Chris Shiflet from Foo Fighters still uses one. Yeah, uh, I, the the big complaint with DL fours was plastic knobs and the way they did their switches could fail if you're a hard stomper. I mean, I mind I replaced the switches with momentary switches, so it's it's a little. Well, that's like robust. the most common mod is yeah. the replace the switches and the second preset. Like that's that's it. And yeah, the I second mean, preset mod the, is real easy to do. The only thing that ever like the only main complaints that you ever hear about. All right, so the looper can be tough to use because sometimes the timing feels off. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the other one in general, huh? That's loopers in general. Uh, I never really had a problem out of the uh, time factor or the timeline. Oh, mm. no, those are pretty spot on. Um. But the DL4 always seemed like it was just like, like I don't know, like just enough off to throw you throw you for a little bit of a loop. But the mm-hmm. the uh, tap for dotted eighth that was like the only other thing I've ever seen people complain about, which is a very 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 small thing to complain about. Nobody uses dotted eighth. Totally overrated. Yeah. <laughs> Who are you guys seeing in a couple days again or in the next week? Uh, to you, yeah, to you. The never, they've never done eighth band. dotted. <laughs> All right, so which news topic should we tackle first? The Keeley L Ray Dorado. Dorado. I guess since I'm driving this because I brought it up, uh, I listened to the video that was on the site, and it actually sounds pretty good for a Marshall in a box. Keely so makes I actually some kind of want to get my hands on this. Dude, Robert Keeley's been smashing it out of the park lately. 
Yes. Just every, I don't know if like, he, it seems like he like found some like mystical program where he can just like type in the words. Like I want it to sound like this and it'll just like make the pedal. Cause he comes out with so many new pedals. Yeah. It's, it's like them and electro harmonics every other week feel like they have a new one. Well, electro harmonics is more, more, I don't know. They seem like they've really gotten into the whole taking something that they've already done and slightly changing it. So like the hot wax, mm-hmm. uh, being the crayon and the hot tubes. And then you've got the B nine, C nine, E nine, D nine, all those. And some of those have crossover stuff, but, they might have found a mystical program for that, but like Robert, well, Robert Keeley has been like, I don't even know. Like the, I remember when the 30 MS came out, that thing is insane. Have you guys seen that? Mm-mm. Yeah. That's like, I had one and that's one of my big regrets. I was getting rid of that. I don't know. It seems like that's a pretty popular thing in the pedal world right now. Companies just coming out with, uh, product after product uh tc uh, electronics is doing that with their smorgasbord line yeah those are cool um i i'm a fan of the jtm in a box pedals i have the love pedal one um and i have an issue with it which is just that it's loud like there's a volume volume boost to it it sounds fantastic but like it i need i need a master volume knob on it or something Whereas this has that, so remember, Marshalls don't normally come with a master volume, <laughs> mm. so it's accurate. Yeah, but I you said that was a love pedal, right? Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. That's something I've noticed with others of their pedals because I had the whatever their like Fender Tweed in a box was. Yeah, where it's just a single knob. Oh, it was the dual knob version. So Ooh. it was like pre-pro guitar shop and before they reissued it. So huh. it was either like all or nothing. It was it was rough to use live. <laughs> yeah, I I might be modding mine or something. I'll I'll figure out something to do with it. Because um, there's a battery in there, so I could take the battery out and fit a knob in there because hey. with that dead space. So yeah, but wouldn't you say that batteries have the better sound? Uh, we'll talk about that later. I know. Uh, <laughs> now I was just having a little fun with that. Yeah. So, bummers about this one. It's exclusive to Rift City and Andertons. And it's also not a 149 like the article we were looking at suggests. It's 169 everywhere. Hmm. Wow. Oh, fake news. <laughs> How dare they? I know. Yeah, why, why is it more expensive? Ships on 420, oh. too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there's actually two versions. There's, I guess, a non-hand-built uh, oh. and a hand-built. So, I'm, I'm I'm assuming that they would have both been hand-built because doesn't Keeley build all of his stuff, like, in-house? Yeah, yeah but... That doesn't necessarily mean it's hand-built. Uh, yeah, oh, here's on Keeley's website. It was the first 100 were hand-built. Those were the 169. 
The wow. regular production units are 149 and they ship gotcha. May 1st through Rift City. Yeah, but so that's, what, that's what's how the they difference between the hand-built and... So are they going to be used like perf board or what is it called? Tone. The perf board <laughs> or something? Or like... And the other ones are just going to be populated boards or do they come in like partially populated or? I do not know. Call Robert Keeley. Yeah. So Robert Keeley, if you want to be on the podcast, uh, shoot us a message and explain this to us. <laughs> uh, no, I'm going to, I'm going to remember this and ask you at Summer Nam in person when you show me how to use that pepper grinder I bought because I still haven't figured it out. <laughs> I keep putting pepper in there and it doesn't do what people say it does. <laughs> but my eyes sure are itchy <laughs> slightly red <laughs> okay oh, no. let's move let's move to the next one <laughs> so, so tronicle sues gibson so if you don't if if you don't know gibson's going out of business for the past 10 years um <laughs> it's I'm like going out for business Diaz. going out for business <laughs> like the mattress <laughs> shop that, that never closes down um which actually that brings there was something i was arguing with someone online about but we'll talk about that later <laughs> by later i mean in like 30 seconds so uh, if you don't know who tronicle is tronicle made the uh amazing brilliant guitar changing design of the robo tuners or the quickie tunes or whatever name they wanted to put them on to try to get people to think it was something different. Um, they started off on the robot Les Paul. Um, and then they put them in all production, almost all production lines. Was that 2016 or 17? 15. Wasn't it? 15. Yeah. I think it was 2015, but there was like the robot guitar that they had them on to like test the waters. That was, oh, what, like, 2010 or 2009? Yeah, that was, like, a long time ago. In, in yeah. the years before when they mandated all of them, it was always an option. Yeah. Un, unlike all of them, but it was an extra, I don't know, 200 300 bucks, and no one was buying them, to my understanding. Yeah, and so they're like, so then they decided, they're like, oh, well, since no one's actually going to buy them, we're just going to make them buy them. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's kind of like what Prince did with the Musicology CD. Do you guys know about that story? So Prince, being the um, genius that he was, uh, wasn't getting the record sales he wanted. So what he did was on his tickets for his concerts, he tacked on a copy of Musicology, which was his new album, which contributed towards album sales. So his album skyrocketed because people were going to his concert, not because they wanted the album. So like you too pushing their album to all the iPhone users. Yeah, I woke up and I had... <laughs> I woke up and I had uh, two half-naked guys hugging on each other, and I was slightly confused. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember downloading this. I'm not upset, but I, I don't remember it. I'm more yeah, upset that I don't remember still it. on my phone. I need it, to... it, yeah, mine's still on my phone. I won't delete it. <laughs> Out of like, I just want to see like if someone's going to like find my phone, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh. He's one of the originals. He... <laughs> He had it. It was pushed to his phone. Uh, but um, so th what's happening is, is the company that made the robo tuners is now suing Gibson for uh, it's not like damages or anything. It's saying that they didn't get received the right amount of sales that they should have had. And I think it's tied in. I didn't read the like I'm not reading the article right now. I think it's tied into partially like where they yanked them all off. 
I think it has more to do with I think uh, Gibson did an exclusive deal with them. Yeah. And then failed to like after the the fifteen two thousand fifteen backlash, just never delivered the sales numbers that were in the contract. Yeah, I think and also I all I saw someone post online and it kind of makes sense, but I'm not um, an economic genius. Uh, they also there's also people who are saying that they're suing because in case Gibson does go bankrupt, they can still get their money. That makes sense. Yeah, they're making their or, yeah. they're making a claim of fifty million dollars or whatever it was, and that way, come time for if they do go bankrupt, which everyone's been saying they are, it's kind of like Guitar Center and Gibson. It's a race see who can go bankrupt first. Um, <laughs> uh, they. Uh, you know they have their claim on it which is the thing i was talking about was i was arguing with this guy online because they're like well yeah this is why guitar center's going bankrupt i'm like dude guitar center's been going bankrupt for like a decade now like they still keep staying ahead i'm like it's it's one of those where people just keep making claims and everyone shares the same article you see it a million times in a million groups did you see this gibson's going bankrupt yes we know they're going bankrupt But what people don't understand is why you might walk into an actual guitar center. That's not where all their sales come from. They also have a website and they also have musicians friend. Yeah. Uh, they I have th- more. They're, they're owned by the same parent company, but they're still separate things. Musicians friend and guitar center are separate stores. I, I mean, fine. Well, guitar center's website. I, I, which is awful. Um, Oh Yes. <laughs> There, the one the one thing that takes me off about it is their online uh, used stuff, because you can buy it and you don't know if it's actually going to be in the store because they don't update it in real time. I it's like another store that's been owing me a pedal for six weeks now, because they listed it online. I bought it and it wasn't actually in store. But um. But they should come through on it. I they have should. faith in the owner. I, that's why I haven't canceled the order. I'm <laughs> still waiting for it. Um, so let's dial this back a little bit. Tronicle made this tuner system. I, I think we were all kind of on the same page that the 2015 rollout of it was not a success. Nope. Um, I mean, part of that could also do with the changes they made to the guitars themselves, not just the tuners. I think the wider fretboard is really what threw people off on 2015. Because I would have bought a junior back then, but the neck was way too wide. When did they get rid of Ebony? Uh, Before that, they were they've been well, they've been tooling around with pulling Ebony off of things. What are they using now? Rich Light or something like that? Among other stuff, yes. Okay. Which is supposed to be pretty awesome. Um, Yeah. I, I've always had kind of mixed feelings with the E-Tune. I feel like it was mismarketed. It was too expensive for what it was. Very. But, like, if that was on the... Like, if they could have made that a 50 or or $100 package and been able to slap that on Epiphones, I think it would have been a success. It's not a horrible idea. Mm-mm. It's no. really not. Um, the thing that... The problem is, is the market that they're going to. If you mm. could have put that on Ibanez, it would have sold. If you would have put that on Schecter, if you would have put it on, I'd say something that's towards a younger audience. More modern say, aesthetic. 
more modern because the the people who are buying Gibsons for the most part are people who are I think of people who are into like classic rock I think like cover bands in a bar you know mm-hmm. the it, it's like that's what I just imagine and they don't want this new darn fangled technology mm-hmm. and it takes away and those are also people who will find a reason to complain about uh, something. Oh, well, I hear this sounds different. This, like the Rich Light versus Ebony, it's like, oh, well, it's not the same. That It's not always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not. You have to embrace technology. That's like the Kemper versus Tubes versus Helix, all this stuff. Sometimes embracing technology is not a bad thing. Well, so it, I think it, that's the problem. It's why, like, Gibson now, like, I like Gibson's current lineup. Um, I think they finally did some stuff right, like how the Gibson traditionals are affordable. It's the old school thing. It's exactly what you know vintage purists want. I got um, my Firebird for like twelve hundred. That's it. Oh, yes. Wow. wow. It's a it's a Firebird T with uh with a Pelham blue, like and I it didn't came know with they a case. Had anything under two thousand dollars? Yeah, like <laughs> that in the the. T uh SG is right around that price too. Yeah, so I mean They're there's pretty cheap. It's just everyone stares at the Les Paul standard at really expensive with a flame top and goes everything Gibson's out of out of whack and a Gibson Les Paul standard should be what it was in nineteen fifty nine and it's like no thirty dollars. <laughs> well it's it's just about like just how they branded everything and how they've kind of turned that on its head and it's taken a while for us all to adapt to the way they have their lineup laid out now yeah and the way the internet hate machine is always just going after the les paul custom shop or the the gibson custom shop models thinking like that's the only thing gibson makes well the Um, thing is the thing is too with those is um you've got the the les pauls are more expensive look at an sg like the sgs are in the uh two sub 2000 range and it's a great guitar but this is what gibson people complain about it but gibson i think made a smart business move the les paul is probably their number one selling style guitar Mm -hmm. i i would put money on it charge more for it supply and demand they've got it they know people are going to pay for it they're going to complain about it but they're still going to write the check i mean that's like whenever you complain to you know your electric company that the rates are too high you're still buying the electric from them yeah they've got the monopoly on it like we talked about it in a past episode there's not a lot of people doing a les paul style guitar because Mm -hmm. gibson was smart enough to know how to litigate and do what they need to do to protect their brand so they can charge what they want and people are still paying it for the most part i mean people are saying they're going out of business but they still are able i mean the thing is is if they might sell more guitars, but if they lower the price, they're still going to make the same amount of money. Yeah. So, I don't know. I think yeah. it's funny. Everyone becomes an, an economic professor whenever yeah. they see those things. They're like, well, if they would do this and they wouldn't have done this. It's like, no, you can't tell the future in business. I mean, you can look at trends and do what you can to try to go in the direction that you know you think you should go in, but you're never going to actually know what's going to hit and and you know how the market's gonna go this is turning into a freakonomics episode i've been watching the west wing and so i've been listening to president bartlett a lot 
<laughs> so so uh, I've learned quite a bit. Well, let's uh because I think we can spend four episodes talking about Gibson. Let's uh let's move yeah. on to this Dan Electro bat- battery billionaire. Um this got released a while ago, but it, it's it's yeah. finally kind of hitting the streets and people are getting hands on it. I've seen quite a few of the new Dan Electro pedals on people's boards. Yeah, the trim seem to seems be to be pretty popular. The trim is like one that I really would like to try. Yeah. So, so if you this... don't know about the battery billionaire, go ahead. Go ahead. I, yes. Well, I was I I figured we'd tell them what it is. Um. So it's it's a power supply, <laughs> which you put batteries in, and you plug pedals into. So pretty much what it stops you from doing is opening up the backs of your pedals because a lot of people put their pedals on a board with Velcro and it's a pain in the butt to take them off. So you can use a battery powered power distribution unit and you can send what people think is a better sounding power to your pedals. They think there's a, there's a difference in sound between using a nine volt battery and a nine volt power supply, which I'd say there is, I don't know if it's enough to you like to know, but there's definitely something special about a nine volt that's dying in a fuzz which is why a lot of units have sag units on them. So you yeah, can be at 9 say, volt. Most power supplies have a sag nowadays. Which, which, which I use on my Pelotar. I actually sag it down a little bit. Interesting. I should try that. Yeah. Sag it down. Yeah. Bob sag I, it. Sorry. So, yes, there's some. There's actually... The benefits of a battery are twofold. One... Wait, wait, um, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. One second. Can we do a meme with Bob Saget and talk about sagging fuzz pedals? <laughs> you have till Wednesday to get this done. Go for it. <laughs> I have I have a time. It'll Listen, be done I... before the end of the episode and we'll see it posted <laughs> on Instagram when we all get off. <laughs> Listen, I'm not a meme guy, but I'm gonna try my darndest to get this done. <laughs> Alright. So, um p- powering pedals by battery. <laughs> a I just got distracted. No. Uh so a benefit one being that when you run an individual battery to an individual pedal you don't have ground loops the same way you do with like power supplies where you're sharing um like a daisy chain kind of situation you get you get circuit hum and you know circuit noise from like digital power supplies things like that how come i'm getting this horrible hum well that's because you're using a donner power supply to power a timeline and your fuzz at the same time yep (laughs) Like that's a classic example of one of those areas where, um, you know, people want a isolated power supply, but power isolated power supplies where you use a transformer are super expensive, super bulky. You know, this is, I want to say I was just on Amazon. It's $49. So it, this one is not an expensive really situation. It, Mm -hmm. it's not a crazy expensive situation, but $49 to put, batteries in that seems excessive well, it does uh, well hold on, hold on. a little bit i think like I, 20 the, would be the max i would pay okay hmm. none well i don't think i understand the point on what you're saying chris but it's also for 50 dollars. i mean people have paid a lot more for a lot less this is this is pretty cool because it really is a neat idea um when you when you've got people who like using nine volts i mean that's the whole thing they're, they're definitely marketing yeah. towards people who like using because there's people who all the time like i don't pay 
$250 for a power supply, I pay 50 bucks for a bunch of 9 volts, and it lasts me just, you know, however long. Yeah. Well, it also consider, like, most pedals that are battery-powered, they turn on the minute there's a plug in the input jack. That's mm-hmm. That activates the power. And so if you leave all your stuff on a board, it will slowly drain itself, even on battery power, or you're disconnecting everything on your board. Yeah. Um, so if you have something like this that has a kill switch on it, it lets you preserve your batteries mm-hmm. when you're yeah. not using it. Um, you get the you get the you get the isolated battery effect thing, which if you're running a daisy chain for a bunch of stuff and then you're, you're throwing these on your drives or something like this, it will last a while. Bless you. Bless you. Sorry. Uh, sorry. I, I, I did turn the mic away as much okay. as I could. So there's that. Um, and then the last thing is a nine volt battery isn't actually nine volts. It's a little higher when it's new and it slowly goes below nine volts when it's getting close to being dead. Um, and so on drive pedals, if you have more voltage going to the system, sometimes drive pedals sound better. Um, I, I run one of my drives at 18 volts because I like it. I like how it sounds at that voltage level. <laughs> I heard that one coming. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm battling a cold. I'm sorry. I keep trying to get the mic away from it, but if it, it bleeds through, that's my bad. <laughs> if we all get sick this week, it's because of you, Diaz. <laughs> Sneezing all oh over the podcast. Uh, gotta get them internet viruses. <laughs> so, so all said and done, oh my gosh. Try, trying to rein this thing in. Uh, all said and done, for 50 bucks, this is not that crazy. Um, now, I'm not I, buying one. I might one. buy one. I might. Yeah? What, just for your yeah, drive? I, um, okay, so... I probably would buy it just for my drives. The only thing I wish it had was like an indicator light that let you know when one was going down. It doesn't? But no, I don't see one. Yeah, I don't see one either. Um, mm-hmm. But they, I would like it for my drives. And also, so another thing is, is um, whenever you're hooking up a power supply, so on my board, I have run... Um, a connection on the side of my creation board underneath. So if I add a power supply, I have to find a way to get another power there because I don't have anything that has a courtesy outlet. This mm. actually kind of like isn't a problem. I could put that pretty much anywhere. So I think that's cool too. I think that's really cool. That'd be really cool for mini boards. Um, that yeah, yeah, that would be a too. plus not having to run power to the front of stage if you don't so have to. So it's kind of like the pedal train Volto. Um, but it's which, isolated. But it's isolated. Yeah. And I mean, nine volt batteries are kind of expensive, but if you buy them in bulk, it's not that horrible. I mean, if you're running your drives off of it, it shouldn't sap it too bad. Well, too uh, okay. So, prime example of you were talking about how they come with a little bit more voltage than nine volts. Yeah. Um, have you ever, if you have, if you've bought an electro harmonics pedal new, um, or maybe it's on the pedal, something. One of them, like they say, nine point seven volts. Mm. Yeah, that's about what a fully charged nine volt is. Which is pretty cool because, the, the so that's what it's actually set up to run, and sound the best at. So, I might actually buy one of these. But I'm also a Dan Electro guy. Um, so I think this would actually pretty be pretty cool to set up a Dan Electro board, and have one of these. And run it off of it, like yeah. kind of sticking to the brand, which brings us into our topic. <laughs> Look at him getting segued. Yeah, I'm getting good at this. 
Um, <laughs> so we're actually going to talk about brand loyalty this week. So um, I think all of us, I think everyone's guilty of it. There's a certain brand that either holds a special place in your heart or you've built a relationship with and you kind of stick with. Um, but I think we kind of wanted to talk about like a certain couple things of it. So like brand loyalty, do you think it's dumb? Chris? Uh, to an extent, yes. To an extent, no. If it's to the point of like you hate everything but that brand like we see with Oh, like elitism? Like, yeah. Like, well, I wouldn't go as far to say as like the Strymon people knocking on boss, but like the boss people knocking on everything else. Yeah. If you're blindly loyal, I think it is. Like, I mean, or if it's to the point where they put out something that's crappy and you won't admit it. (laughs) So, like, Metal Zone? No. (laughs) (laughs) No. That's a great pedal. <laughs> <laughs> I almost threw it uh, in my mouth. Yeah, are we wanting to take this uh, line by line, person by person, or kind of go through let's our opinions let's... on each point per person? We'll do. What are you we'll talking about, opinion... Chris? This is going to be an organic cor- conversation. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we can, we can cut this out in post. <laughs> hey, that's my line, sir. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Um, all right, let's do Marissa. Do you think it's dumb? I don't know. I think I have to agree. I think to an extent it could be kind of dumb, but at the same time, I think my more point of view goes more towards if there's like a relationship with the builder. Does that make Yeah, sense? but yeah, but what about like the big brands? Like all right, so like I'm friends with Yoshi from Boss on Facebook, but like I wouldn't say I have a relationship with him, but you could still be all about Boss. I don't know if a relationship like is, I think it could be part of it because like I dealt with that, but I I don't think like it should be a major deciding factor. Yeah. I, there, it's such a weird thing. Like you, you meet those really adamant people who are just so blindly loyal to stuff. And when it's like that, definitely I'm in the, this is dumb, but especially the way a lot of marketing's done and sometimes people have really earned um i wouldn't necessarily call it loyalty in a lot of situations but they've earned interest like well yeah chase bliss releases an eq pedal and i kind of went eh but at the same time it's chase bliss they're going to do something crazy with it with the condor and they've earned that reputation of what they make is really good and worthy of its prices so they're worth a look yeah. yeah. And well, and we've we've really moved into a time where uh the owner of a company has a very strong since we've moved into the world of social media has a really big uh effect on the company. And Joel from Chase Bliss is one of those people that genuinely a nice guy. Um you get to he's really open about his life. Um the whole idea with Chase Bliss was uh his brother died, I believe, wasn't it? I don't know this story. You don't know this story? Mm-mm. Okay, so um, his brother passed away, and um, one of the things, like, was he, I believe he really pushed him to be, like, to build pedals for a living and stuff like that. Um, I could be totally wrong, but, like, I'm, like, 90% sure that's right. Uh, so, but he's, like, pretty open about it, and that's, like, uh, Joel has a stutter, 
So um, he was always really nervous. He said that he didn't want to go in front of the camera because of the stutter, but now he's like really embraced it. And so you hear him do interviews and demos and he'll be talking in the demo and he'll have his, you'll, you'll hear his stutter. And like, it's, it's one of the like coolest things is that someone's really like rose up above adversity mm-hmm. or something that people have a stigma about. And uh, you really get to support someone like that. So that's another, th- I think that's one of like the big things nowadays is that we've really moved to where owners have a big social media presence and you connect with them and you like get to see parts of their lives, stuff like that. I mean, Josh mm-hmm. Scott on JHS with in and out and all this stuff. And you get to see okay. like how hilarious it is. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. I, yeah. Th- I mean, there's definitely, that's a big component of it. Both directions of sometimes the hatred of brands comes from that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. of either it's religious views or how that person behaved on an internet forum full tone yeah or yeah just how they behave yeah, was... or you know just all sorts of different things really color our view of a certain company or not like there's there's one company i know makes amazing pedals but you know like uh i i interact with the owner online and it just he's grumpy and you know i just I, it, it kind of scares me off the pedals a little bit because it's just like, you know, you're you're buying image and culture now, and I I know other people will disagree on with me on that too, but you know, so for some people, a pedal's a pedal. It's whatever one sound whatever one sounds best and whatever works best at the price point they're looking at. So well, you don't want to support a douchebag. Oh no. So like that that's like that's there's a there's a few pedal companies I will not purchase from out of pure mm-hmm. principle of I do not want that person to have any of my money. I mean, it's not always logistical. Like, it doesn't make sense sometimes. But, you know, they could make out make the best pedal in the world. But if I know how they act or you're, you know, you're rude to someone who I like, I mean, that's the whole thing. You're, you're being a public persona. You know, that's going to have a big impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's I, there's other brands where they've done some really shady stuff with business practices in the past, whether they've made up for it or not. That's affected how willing I am to even look at their stuff in the future. You know, and mm-hmm. like trust is one of those things. It's it's earned and it's also unearned. And once you start going in one direction, you, you can really it, it takes heart. It, it, it's there's momentum to it. It's hard to kind of counter it. So. If I'm in a relationship where I'm constantly building trust with a group, you know, it sometimes stuff happens and it's hard to break that image I have of that person. Um, and then vice versa, if someone, my first interaction to them is they're buying circuit boards, rehousing them and calling it their own original design. You know, I, I never want anything to do with them. I'm, I don't think I'm ever really going to like trust a law them. from a guy named Ben. Mm, yeah that's that's the one yeah um Um, i'm gonna go ahead and like kind of so if you know me online you know i was a big supporter of gear supply co i haven't really i've talked about it a little bit but not so much so gear supply company uh was a started off as a guitar string subscription company and expanded to doing cables uh guitar straps um a little bit of everything and then started 
doing pedals. So when they first started, the owner, so they did a big, uh, to start out, they did, you get free um, strings for a year if you got so many people to sign up for their email, um, which was kind of a cheaper way to get people's emails and get in the inbox and get in the promotion, you know, the promotion section of your Gmail. And, and it was, it worked. The company exploded, did very well. Um, you know, there's always going to be hate for companies and all that. Um, but for the most part, the owner seemed to be a stand up guy and, uh, ran a pretty good business. Um, when they started expanding, they stumbled a little bit. And at one point, uh, there was an issue with staffing. We'll just say that. Um, and then it was a snowball effect. They did a Kickstarter for uh, pedals, and I was still loyal to them, pretty pretty much to the end. Um, I everything I had was gear supply, strings, picks, all of my cables, patch cables. Uh, I had a loom made. I had power cables, stuff like that. Just everything was Gear Supply Co. Um, and then they moved and they did a Kickstarter for pedals. And that was the beginning of the end. Um, they fell behind. Uh, problems with business, problems with staffing, personal problems. It just there was a, a constant quicksand effect. Every time they tried to get out, they just kind of sunk even deeper. So finally they ended up where everyone pretty much grabbed pitchforks and yelled for them to close up shop because, uh, at one point they weren't fulfilling any orders yet. The website you could still order from. So there was a whole big issue, which has really turned me kind of off of brand loyalty because that was, um, a prime example of, the bad part of brand loyalty because you do get blinded by it. So the owner and I were, I thought pretty good friends texted each other, called each other, met up with each other at summer Nam. Uh, he came through town and we did a photo shoot with him and some of the guys from there went out and got lunch. Just like it would, that was the thing. But I'd have to say on my opinion, brand loyalty isn't dumb. And it is relationship based a lot, some of the times, but it's definitely can be a bad thing because you turn your eye to things. You don't get to venture out and experience new products either. And it can be a bad image for you. So there's also those people who are like, oh yeah, I met this guy at summer Nam and we're best friends. You should buy this pedal. So, (laughs) but I have to say brand loyalty is a double-edged sword. It could be very good, but it can also really suck. Yeah, that's a fair point. It's really hard to be objective with some of that stuff. I mean... Oh, I was guilty of that. I'm in the same boat as you were. I mean, I I built brand loyalty with that same brand, and I think it burned. Um, I got delayed a bit with a few of the products during their slow stuff, but... You know, I, I, I bought into the whole, you know, selling point and, you know, I, I was a big supporter for a little bit there. And, you know, it, it was one of those things of like, you develop this opinion very early on and you build this trust very early on and that momentum carried, you know, to the point mm-hmm. where like something was going wrong and I was still in a denial about it a little bit. 
Oh yeah, no, I was the guy posting on there. I, there's people tagging me, like yeah. I worked for the company. Yeah. Um, like they were like, like tag Jonathan Diaz, and I'm like, what the heck? I was like, I'm just like, yeah. I mean, from what I understand, they're behind. Uh, if people were bad mouthing Gear Supply, um, I'd screenshot it and send it to the owner, just to help him like know that there's a fire that he might want to put out. Like, you know, just being a friend, not like anything more than that. Um, and it was just kind of uh, kind of crazy. Like the end of it was pretty insane. Uh, when people stopped getting product and it was no longer it, you could tell it was no longer just delayed. Mm-hmm. It was definitely whenever uh, I pretty much bypassed any anything that had gear supply on it. I, I just kind of avoided it because uh, you know there's going to be people especially when because I received my pedals well two of my pedals and there's people who still didn't receive theirs and like it's it's tough like I've taken one of them off my board one of them's on because I, I really don't have anything to replace it with um, and it was a good pedal like it just kind of sucks that the business that made it did shady by people but you know it's it's one of those things where you be supportive of a company, but I learned a, a decent lesson in the fact of, you know, you can't be blind to some of the things that they do. Um, and it, a lot of it was too, I, like uh, one of the guys left and went to another cable company, and I, I'm using them now, uh, <laughs> but I, it's, it's not one of those where I would feel bad if I got a cable from a different company as well. Which was kind of where I was at with Gear Supply because I had shilled so much for them. So, yeah. That was uh, this episode of Maury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, getting into that, do you ever find groupthink plays into some of this, like, uh, brand loyalty stuff? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. Look at 60 Cycle Hum's a prime example. Not in a bad yeah. way. Yeah. Then, I mean, uh, Sinusoid. Them and Sinusoid. Sinusoid. Well, Sinusoid's one of the things that we talked about was online presence, social media. Andy Kim, Anthony Chang, Albert Mills. They're on there. They talk to people. They're nice. <coughs> they take care of the people. And, uh, I mean, that's the way people build a relationship with a company, though, is you, you put faces to a company. and mm-hmm. But group thing's a big thing. I mean, for real, look at... Uh, so Pelican noise works. Mm-hmm. The main, look at the Pelotar that I won't say that that was like a hit because of 60 cycle hum, but they played together really well on that. 60 yeah. cycle hum did the demo for it, did an amazing job, teased it and it went nuts. And it was almost like if you were in 60 cycle hum, you had to have a Pelotar. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. and or, there's also, you know, Leon is another great example of someone who's an active part of a community and is like a fun guy to interact with online and is yeah. not always just shilling his product. And that's the only reason he's there. Um, oh, yeah. So, I mean, that that's definitely one of those times of where like groupthink helped us, I think, in some ways where you were like, oh, like, I bought a Pelotar because everyone was just ranting and raving about them and Mm-hmm. I saw a good deal in the group and I just was like, all right, I'm going to jump on this. Leon seems cool. And like, and that's why when like I, I was willing to buy with the, when the 50, 50 came out sight unseen, 
because I'm like, all yeah. right, this is Leon. He's going to do a good job. He's going to do right by me because I just I had an extended relationship already. I was chomping at the bit to buy that when it was mm-hmm. being teased. Um, yeah, that was like uh, when they released the pink Pelotar, which I have the Penningsing pink. Mm-hmm. Um, I hadn't had a Pelotar before, but I I knew I wanted a limited edition one because I'm a sucker for limited editions. <laughs> um, like if they could be like, this is the limited edition sinusoid cable, I'd be like, oh. What's limited about it? We're only selling it to you. Okay, that's awesome. Here's money. But um they uh he he made sure I got one. Like like I messaged him. I was like how many are left? I was like cuz I was like waiting to get paid. Mm-hmm. And I got the last one. Like I was able to order it. But they uh Leon's another good example. An owner who has an online presence. He's not a douche. Um, he did make me feel bad about wanting a Chinese Gibson, <laughs> which was, no, it was, it was pretty funny. Cause I actually messaged him. I was just yeah. like, I was like, yeah, what do you like? And we talked about it in private more than in public, which I ended up not getting it. I actually ended up buying a real Gibson. Mm-hmm. So Gibson, you should probably give him a kickback. <laughs> um, but well, he, yeah, he's also done a good job of he's grown slow. Like he didn't become an overnight, like just overwhelmed with orders mm-hmm. kind of situation he's he's yeah. never overextended himself to to grow he's never put all his eggs in one basket you know some of those kind of business decisions has helped him stay very chill yeah that this is kind of this is not his day job this is a side gig and it's for fun yeah. it's really well group think group think can be negative negative as well mm-hmm. um metal zone prime example as much as we talk smack about it it's going to be the right pedal for someone there's a reason yeah. why they're still making them people buy them yeah i mean there's people there's they're, they're for sale used all the time that's because someone had to have bought it new at some point yeah. but they um okay so prime a good example pedal words of doom group the hate for strymon there's people who will never play a strymon pedal simply because of the way people talk about them and they're missing out because they're great pedals. I mean, I'm, but, I'm a little bit of that, like, because I play praise and worship music and I refuse to buy a big sky. Well, <laughs> you don't. I know. But I, well, listen, have you played a Flint? No. And actually, I think the Flint's a great pedal. If Amazing I pedal. If it, I didn't have a I, good amp trim, I would I would think about getting that. I regret. That's one pedal that I definitely regret getting rid of. The reverb on it can actually get pretty ambient. It has a really good sound. It's really warm. It's really nice sounding. Um, there's people who won't play that because of the hate for Strymon or the boss hate, which I never understood because boss is an industry standard in itself. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I have also seen like the fanboying just gets out of control sometimes. Um, like certain companies have their own dedicated groups. Yeah. And like sometimes those effects, groups. One. Yeah. Matthew's effects group it's a little too fanboy oh my gosh if robert <laughs> martini sells another gold astronomer <laughs> i swear on everything holy i will find his house i will walk up to him Goodness. and just kick him right in the nards like <laughs> like that's i'm um, so and he wonders why people in gear talk classifieds were like oh you're selling another one da, 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 da. he's owned three of them and he always sells them he he sold the father pedal like he got he was in the first batch and sold it before the second batch even came out and then wanted to buy one and at that point i kind of needed the money so i told him i'd sell him mine at cost he was like well i don't know i'm like hang what on, the heck hang on hang on dude 
Have you sold that yet? <laughs> nope. It's staying. Okay. okay. We'll talk. Look, I'll, I'll we'll give talk. you first dibs. All right. <laughs> Don't worry. Listen, I've already got a liner. Oh, buy, a a liner. Yeah. Actually, look, I've got that, a buyer lined up. The father is actually one of those pedals that I got turned off on because of like the group think just got too out of control too fast. And like, I was just like, Oh, I don't want it then. Like there was a, that, that part of your brain. That's like, it's popular. Therefore it's bad. Um, just, Oh yeah. You missed thing. out dude. Yeah. I, dude, I, mean, I've, I wasn't in the group even like that sold out before I was there. So, um, the, and I've got the fool coming. So like, but yeah, Matthew's effects is a good example, um, of group think, uh, it can be a little too much at times. That's like anytime someone's like, I need a reverb $150 or less that can do shimmer when people should be saying, get an RV five. They're like, Oh, just save up and buy a big sky. I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, shut up. Did you not read? Like what? That's why people hate Strymon owners yeah. is because no matter what you're like, uh, yeah, I need a Marshall in a box. So like, <laughs> have you tried the timeline from Strymon? You're like that's a <laughs> delay. What the <laughs> heck are you thinking? Like so, that's constant. Oh my gosh. So do have do, do you guys think of any brands that have been able to avoid this? Uh, what the hate or the love? Yeah, that just, have just like flown down the middle. Yeah. Mm. Yep. Earthquaker devices. Yeah. I'd say I'd say Earthquaker or devices. Like Earthquaker Walrus. Oh no no there's there's definitely the people who don't like walrus not because yeah. of anything personal but well, because everything so. everything is noisy not everything but like the like the deep six is noisy um all, some of their drives have been known as noisy so there's a lot of people uh there's people who've talked about the quality control coming out of walrus hasn't been super hot hmm. Hmm. um My the Julia bellwethers prime but, example yeah Oh, that must be like few and far between because everybody else that you know I've known that's owned stuff or just the stuff I've owned has been. The, listen, they might not have owned it. They might have just be. They might just be spinning rhetoric. That's uh, another but... issue that we should probably hit is people that have actually never touched certain things and they're going <laughs> off bad mouthing about it. <laughs> oh yeah. <clears throat> um, you're, no, sixes. you're right, Scott. Yeah. Like anything line six, they just automatically yeah. hate because oh. it has the line six name. It's like line six. Listen, I don't care what anyone anything? says. My G seventy wireless is one of the best wireless systems yeah. that can be purchased right now and not be just astronomical prices. Yep. You're not you're not hitting that Sennheiser level uh, like towards the thousand dollar range. You're right there in the five hundred dollar range for a wireless system that is rugged and useful and does not have issues cutting in and out. Well, not a whole lot, but it's wireless. It's going to have its problems, but like, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's like the people who want to sit there and talk about a company. Ones that get me, this is what kills me are people who are like, no, you should buy this pedal. And you're like, Oh, do you own it? They're like, no, (laughs) like what's, it's so good that I should own it, but you don't need to own it. Like, no, but it sounded great when Andy from Pro Guitar Shop played through it, because you know everything <laughs> sounds good when Andy well, Andy from doesn't Pro use Guitar a pick, Shop plays through so. it. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think there's definitely there's brands that seem to fly down the middle. I mean, I, I definitely know. Um, I feel like Electroharmonics is one of those ones that people don't fanboy out as much about, just because everyone admits, yeah, there's some bad products that come from them. Like mm. there's hits and there's yeah. bad stuff. And I think oh, yeah. that's kind of what keeps people like a company needs, needs to kind of have like a failure to kind of keep itself grounded in people's opinions. Uh, that sucks. Okay. I, you know, 
Well, electro harmonics is really good. I think the thing that keeps them middle of the road is their price range too. They've mm-hmm. got super cheap, and then they've got expensive. Like, okay, so the Pog Two is a prime example of a pedal you look at, and you see the functionality, and you, like, when I think of it, I don't mm-hmm. compare it to the same company that's making the Crayon, or these cheap dry dirt, or the Soul Food, like these cheap little things. Yeah. Like, mm. but you've got this, you've got the Pog Two, which is rugged and everything. Same company. They they're they're going into different markets with their line. Yeah. Mm. And they definitely do things that other people either aren't doing or can't do. Look at the B nine, the C nine, all these that emulate um an organ or a piano and they it does a dang good job of it. And there's no one else in that market right now, really, for the price range. Mm. Those pedals are what, like hundred and eighty bucks used? I think some of them are 100 I think some of them are 180 bucks new. Like they're uh the Mel 9 is another interesting pedal that w- just is a lot of fun to play with and you're not in a super high price range but you're getting a great quality product. I think that's another thing too is it depends on what type of price range. If you if you put yourself in a category like Strymon did where everything's really expensive because it's all high quality build on the circuitry um, because they use a lot of DSP. They use all this fancy equipment. Um, You're going to get the people who, uh, if they can't afford it, they're going to mock it. It's kind of like in, in school when you had the bully who was like the poor kid, like what's his name? Nelson from Simpsons. Who's going to make, who's going to make fun of you because you're the rich kid or whatever. And it's like, no, they don't really have a point of making fun of you. They're just doing it to make themselves feel better. And that goes with a lot of the people who can afford the higher end Strymon stuff. And they scoff at the Dan Electro pedals because it's below them. Mm-hmm. And they think that it's crap. But whenever you look at um, some of the Dan Electro pedals are the Dan Echo is, I talked about it, one of the best sounding delays I think have ever been put out. Just sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. It has something it just in the sweet spot that just sounds great um yeah i mean this gets out of the pedal range too but i mean this happens as well of like the people are like oh well i'd never play anything short of a custom shop 59 reissue gibson and everything else is just terrible and it's that elitism yeah. to make yourself feel better and then you have at in the same conversation you'll have that person who's like squire classic vibe is all i'll ever need and all, all I have to do is things. change the pickups and the hardware, and it's it plays just as good as a custom shop. And while affordable guitars have gotten better and better and better, there's still Definitely. compromises being made to get them at that price point. And yeah, you, you gotta you gotta take off the rose colored. The glasses smaller sometimes. hands build it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, why did oh. What are are we against child labor law jokes? Like, is is that the line that we're drawing right here? Jonathan can't make Jonathan can't make child labor jokes. Thanks for joining us on the. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, so the last episode of The West Wing I watched, there was no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> was about child labor laws. You wouldn't believe it. No, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, well, it's a lot of it's where it's manufactured, and you can make it cheaper in Indonesia, uh, because you don't have to pay as much there. Yeah. Um. That's just the way it is. It's the way the world is right now, mm-hmm. and we're not going to go into that. But 
And with but all things, the thing... there's diminishing returns as you, the more you spend, the less you get out of the equation. Yeah. So. But, yeah, what Scott said. <laughs> Sounded smart. Um, <laughs> I, I might not have known he said, but I support him. <laughs> it, every time you double the price, yeah. you don't get double the goods. You know. No. True. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it, the um, same is true in every industry. You you can, <laughs> you know, like a hundred thousand dollar car is not five times better than the twenty thousand dollar car. True. You know. So, um, I so we had one last bullet point in our organic free flowing discussion. Uh, <laughs> would you ever build a board from one company only and be brand loyal? Okay. How about how about we do this? Yes or no on that, and then hypothetically, even if you said no, what's the closest you'd get to it? Or if you said yes, what would the brand be? Mm-hmm. Oh goodness, yes. Marissa, go. You go first. Uh, yes. No. What brand are you picking? Did Adam Clayton Honestly? make bass pedals? <laughs> <laughs> Finally, real pedals made by a real bass player. No, I think if I were to oh, ever God. actually do a guitar board, if he had more, I would do Big Ear. Yeah, definitely. He, he doesn't have one, a delay, though, right? Is that, like, one of the main he, things he's missing? Oh, he had one. What was it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Hmm. That's probably why he doesn't have it anymore. <laughs> no. Huh. All right, no. Chris. Is there more to that statement? <laughs> oh, his. <laughs> No, his. That's probably why. Uh, oh no, no, no! No, I was saying because because I literally couldn't remember what it was. I was like, oh. I guess that's probably why he doesn't have it anymore. Gotcha. So, but the, you know what? Delays. That's kind of funny because Matthew's effects had the. Uh, yes. What was their delay pedal? The surgeon. Yeah. That went away. Seems like delays are really a tough market to get into and and stick. Well, I kind of have an opinion on that, which is why, like, my answer would be no, because while. If I had to pick one brand to do like 90% of my pedals, it would be Matthews Effects because in my opinion, you for the price range, you cannot beat the shimmer on the Astronomer. Oh yeah. Uh you really can't beat having two pre like two presets on the Cosmonaut for modulated reverb without getting an RV5 or RV6 modded. Mm-hmm. His drives are amazing, but his delay the only reason i never like pulled the trigger on one no when tap. I was doing my search was no tap no tap it's the biggest complaint about it yeah so if he ever came out with something in the form factor that he's been doing with like the two buttons and as long as one of those did tap i would probably be all over it how much would it piss you off if the fool had a delay in it if it had a tap tempo, a lot. <laughs> uh, I think I think he shouldn't he shouldn't do a tap tempo on board. I think he should do uh, where you could connect one. Yeah, I mean that's how like the EHX Canyon was. I mean it was good yeah. for what it was, but yeah, if he like just even brought the surgeon back with you know an external tap jack, I would probably be more on board with it. Yeah. All right, Chris, uh, Scott, do you want to go? Uh. I think I could. 
I just don't want to. You know, like there are companies that do one thing really, really well, and then they try to complete and flesh out the range and they have their hits or misses. Um, if I really like, so there's that side of it. Um, Joel Cordy, if you want to endorse me and have me build an entire chase bliss board, I will, but, uh, that would be an expensive pedal board. Oh man. That would be so sweet. Amazing. Uh, Oh yeah. I, I, I think when we were talking about this, I said I could build a love pedal full board because he makes good delays. He makes a decent reverb. His drives are really good. I like, I use his drives currently. Um, so, I mean, there are situations like that. I, I could build an all boss board, you know, and probably be happy with it. Uh, but yeah. I just don't want to, because I like, like the, my favorite things from all over the pedal board, pedal world are from different companies. And I, I wouldn't want to limit myself that way. Yeah. So I, I totally, I wouldn't want one because I like picking here and there and I like moving things around. I like taking pedals off and adding stuff. And, but if I was to have to pick one, I would do a Dan electro board. They've got enough pedals to really, uh, you know, forget that. I take it back. Actually, didn't Matt Knight from the pedal nerds get all of the minis? all the food series yeah probably that would have sounded rough um <laughs> i'd probably have to go with boss so like you you said it and i was like yeah that the boss would be one heck of a board like for drives you do a, a bd2 and an sd1 yeah dude you're set i mean yeah. stacking those two together if you needed distortion uh ds1 probably a ds1 you probably want to mod it a little bit but if you had to do stock you could still pull it off i mean you've got a tuner you've got delays to pick from for days mm-hmm. uh you've got the rv5 rv6 rv500 that's a company that i could do an entire board of there was a guy who posted in uh worship guitar sound something group i forgot um i'm in too many groups um that asked he's like what would you add to this board he all, uh, he had all boss pedals i was like he needed a delay and a reverb i was like dude dd7 and an rv5 call it a day mm-hmm. like those are boss is just one of those companies that they've made enough pedals over the years that they know what they're doing and they're making yeah. them right yeah another cool option could be like how like j rockets tour series all have a very slim and consistent form factor the way like yeah. all the boss uh, 500 series and the loop switcher yeah. has a consistent shape like there's their benefits there because like right now when you go like one pedal has side jacks the next one has top mount in the next one has side jacks and it's just hard to get them all to f- squeeze into your pedal board and in the order you want yeah but that's the fun the tetris that's, yeah it, that's it, the fun part fun. and uh as you were talking diaz i realized i'm wrong i would build a board with just one company and that company is line six because I want a Helix. <laughs> Dude, I, that, I, I messaged you guys in the group. I, I was <laughs> itching for one this week. I yeah, when t- I saw my I mean, tax yeah. refund, I was looking at a Helix for a hot minute. And I decided Dude, not to. do it. Yeah, I've been playing with the uh, Helix software. And as long as it sounds like 
just as good as the pedal itself, I would probably consider it. Yes, turn to the dark side. <laughs> Jamie, you see what you've person. done to us? <laughs> Jamie Davis, if you're listening this far. <laughs> Jamie Davis. It's Let's all say you. his name like five times. <laughs> <laughs> his name was Jamie Davis. His name was Jamie Davis. No, right, but like for that, real, I uh, think we've had a good discussion. <laughs> yeah, let's stop. Let's stop. Yeah, we, it turned, we went from a nice, good old guitar <laughs> podcast to a cult at the end. <laughs> All right, guys. You say Jamie well, Davis uh, three times in a row. He will appear behind you with some stickers? kind of steak, stickers, <laughs> okay. steak, something grilled. <laughs> All right. And a All right, free well, helix. Okay. 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 Let's end it. All right. For the effects loop, I'm Diaz. Uh, we got to thank everybody for joining us oh. first, and then plug our Instagram at the Effects Loop, our Facebook group. Also, I was just trying to get FX y'all Loop. into the end of this. You know, it's bad when I'm, whenever I'm the one trying to wrap it up. Oh yeah, really. Uh, right, but well, yeah, really. Uh, thank you all for joining us uh, again. Like I was just saying, uh, follow us on Instagram at the Effects Loop. Join our group because we are pretty good at continuing the discussion. You know, we love to hear your thoughts, have a conversation with y'all. Um, and again, if uh, Diaz says it a lot, if you have any interest in sponsoring episodes, email us at uh, the Effects Loop at gmail.com or uh, I've been putting the email down in our description. Also, uh, don't forget the link will be down there for merch. And be sure to keep an eye on our Facebook and uh, social media for more details on the live episode that we're doing for St. Jude. So with all that, uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm Chris. I'm Marissa. I'm Scott. And I'm Diaz. And we will see y'all next time. Let's go drink the Kool-Aid, guys. His name was Jamie Davis.